Hey, Change Cultivator listeners, welcome to the episode and thank you for tuning in. Patrick Fitzmaurice here, CEO of the change activation firm Caterpillar Farm and host of the Change Cultivators podcast. Before we get to our next great young change leader, I just ask if you like the content that we're bringing you, if you're learning things, if it's making you a better change leader, please do us a favor and make sure you subscribe and follow us on your favorite podcast platform and on LinkedIn. Please make sure that you're in part of our community and you're following us on LinkedIn. It's great to help us as we have big plans going forward and we just want to continue to expand and build the community and the connectivity among all of us. This 40 under 40 project is outstanding. If nothing else, it's had me having great conversations with some great change leaders, recognize their accomplishments. So thank you all who submitted and nominated names. Uh, hopefully you're going to learn a lot from every one of these discussions. Today's episode is with a awesome person. Uh, I have come to know her a little bit and it's really fascinating. Um, Carolyn Dillon, she's currently a content marketing manager at Humu. You'll hear her mention that in this episode where she'll talk a little bit about what Humu is doing. You should definitely follow Humu uh, because it's really, really powerful. Before that, she was the sector lead for executive thought leadership at a little company called Google uh, and all about making sure how thought leadership and excellence for industry executives happen. She's got a great slant on thinking about change leadership, even from a, you know, early stage in her career, how she thinks about it from a human psychological people standpoint. So please enjoy, listen. Hopefully you have a few takeaways. Let us know any feedback or comments without any further delay. Carolyn, how are you today? I am well. Thank you so much for having me, Patrick. Oh, and thank you for joining us and congrats on being one of our 40 under 40 global change leaders. We are tickled to have you as part of this group. <laughs> um, it's an honor. I was so thrilled when I got the invite. So thank you. Awesome. I'm going to jump right in because our listeners get the chance to hear from you. And so I want them to hear from you and not from me. So I'm going to jump right in. Um, when we talked a little bit, you had kind of said, Wow, what an awesome time to talk about change and change leadership. Why? Why is now a good time for you? Yeah. So when we were talking last, I was just so struck by the fact that there is not a single person I know who isn't in a season of change. Um, and without like, like getting too philosophical about it all, I just sense that we're in this pretty profound like inflection point of people redefining their relationship to like very basic elements of their life that could be health or work or family. I mean, I think work is a particularly hot topic in the media right now. Um, and yeah. And so, and I just, you know, with that, I, my background is in communication and I've done a lot of change communication and something we would talk a lot about is that change is an outcome, but to get to that change, there is this whole transition and it's like a, you know, it's not this linear process. Right. And, and a, so much of that transition, I think way more than we account for in like most parts of our life is, is highly emotional um, because that's what it means to be alive, right? Like we experience life um, through feeling and there's just like these two ends of the spectrum that I see. And like one is really, really tried and true. I think at least in our cultural narrative, right? It's like brush off the hardship, like push it down, get back to work and just and I think that kind of relentlessly reinforces the status quo. Um, but I once heard, um, oh, I'm blanking on his name, Ryan Holiday, that's his name. He was talking about grief and he made this point that when we don't face 
um, grief in moments of hardship that like, it's like buying a house on a credit card, like you're going to pay the interest off in a really big way later. <laughs> and I just like that metaphor because it feels at least really true in my own life. Um, but then like something you and I also talked about is that there's this like complete other end of the spectrum, right? Which isn't about just like brushing it off. And it's there, it starts with this very understandable shock, especially if we're talking about the layoffs that we're seeing in the media right now. Um, and that very understandable shock can turn into, like, I would even use the word despair, especially if you think about like the compounded stress and pressure of the last three years. Um, and like that can actually, I think, uh, instigate folks losing a sense of agency. Um, like these changes are so brutal, right? Because they, it's not just cash flow. It is literally upsetting how people might most fundamentally see themselves, um, like their ability to provide healthcare and support to loved ones, creating doubt about their own competence, like. And then there's also just like the ridiculously competitive and exhausting job market they're catapulted mm. into. And then there's like people in the middle, right? But um, so like, I don't want to be all, you know, there's really tough news. So I, I want to be honest about what I'm seeing, but also, um, you know, I, I think there's actually something really generative here because I think people are by nature creative and they're resilient and they, you know, we have this like, deep ability to like make do with what we have. And, and that's exciting. But I also just want to name and acknowledge that this is also like a time that's rife with pretty intense emotion, like fear and anxiety. And I actually work with a bunch of behavioral scientists and data scientists in this space of, um, you know, work, workplace sentiment, et cetera. And like the research shows the intense anxiety and fear of the moment and also like how that's impacting people in a, in a number of ways. So, you know, it's me anecdotally saying this and also like the data shows it as well. Um, so yeah, that's, I guess that's how I begin to talk about why this is such an interesting time to be having this conversation. So would you say that a, a good change leader for today's times and maybe moving into the future, um, need to lean into this anxiety need to lean into this notion that um, the people that you're trying to lead through change are experiencing some emotional things. You use the terms like grief and loss and kind of suffer well is a term I think you used for, for, yeah. for me. Like a change leader needs to be more cognizant and clear that that is a dynamic that you just need to understand as you try to drive people through change. Is that fair for me to give it back that way? What context would you have on that? I absolutely agree with that. And yeah, you, um, last time we talked, I was talking about this book I was reading um, called uh, No Mud, No Lotus. And the subtitle of it is The Art of Transforming Suffering. I would just say The Art of Suffering. And it's all about this idea of suffering well. Um, and yeah, I would absolutely say that. And I would also go one step further to say, you know, as a leader, you are a person too, right? And so you need to understand this about those around you. And I would also emphasize that's not just people who were laid off. That's anyone in an organization because, you know, any organization that's had change is experiencing some loss or grief. That's just the human condition. Um, even if you're like a survivor of the layoffs. Um, but yeah, I would also say as a human, 
like you're not exempt from all of these feelings like you are experiencing them too at some level and um so yeah there i mean i guess what i would just say to your point is that there is so much incredible literature out there about how to be a good leader and how to manage through uncertainty and so I guess I was just thinking about how I wanted to use this time today. And I was just thinking about my own life. And I was like, if I could say anything to people who have both the privilege, but also the responsibility right now to lead from the front, right? I would just say, like, start with you. Um, And we can talk more about that later. But like that, it just seems like the most important call right now. I love it. So I'm going to park that one because I do want to come back to that because I think that's really insightful that you bring that up. You mentioned a little while ago at this notion of you need to be cognizant that people may feel that they're losing their agency. And I think that's such an interesting term that a change leader needs to have in their head. The people you are leading may feel like they're losing their agency. Tell us more about that. Yeah, I, it goes back to my point that a job isn't just a job, right? Like when we think about um, people's lives, like we are doing our best with whatever we have at any given time. Um, That's like one of uh, my favorite like mantras to come back to when you're really trying to have compassion for people. It's like, if you had gone through all the experiences that they had gone through, you would have likely made the same decisions. And I bring that up when we talk about a job because the experience of being somebody who's trying to navigate this world, this market, this economy, Like it is so much more than just, oh, this is my title on LinkedIn, right? It is like, this is my way of trying to take my aptitude and my capabilities and do something in the world so that I can like make it work. And I can, you know, and this has to do with our sense of self and how we provide for the people around us. And so when that changes, especially at a time where there's just so much fear and, and we're so bogged down by the uncertainty of like three years of just relentless hardship. Um, like it just can't be overstated that people might kind of, and I, I don't want to like get way into this, but people have actual physiological responses. Like our nervous system actually is impacted by what happens in our world and what happens in our brain. And so the feeling that can happen in our body is one of, I can't go on. Um, And that's actually like comes from our evolutionary makeup. That's just real. And so I just want to give people the permission to say like, that's actually your body adapting to like the what's happening around you. But leaders need to recognize like human beings are actually experiencing these things in real time. And we're not robots. We're not machines. Like we're going to react like humans react. Yeah. And I love where you took it a minute ago. Like as a change leader, I could say, look, I have to be sensitive to my people are going through this dynamic because they are people. And the people part of change is often the hardest part of getting people to change. So if I don't appreciate that, that's really important. And I need to be cognizant of people losing their agency. But you also said you can't give to other people what you haven't given yourself. Right. And so as a change leader, how do you check yourself? Because that's how I heard. That's how I heard when you say that. Talk, Talk a little bit about being so self-aware, being so authentic, being connected to you as a change leader, how does that really work from from your perspective? Yeah, that's a a phrase I got from my mom who happens to be a counselor. Um, She used to say that to me a lot. And her point was, you can't be the person you want to be for others 
until you can be that person for yourself, which I think is really hard. Um, And when she was saying that to me, it was always this call to come back to myself and to show some compassion for myself. And, um, you know, because the truth is, is that if we're trying to, this might be cliche, but it's very true. If we're trying to pour from an empty cup, there's nothing to give, you know? And so then you're having to fake it and it's performative. And like, that's just a recipe for burnout. Um, And so to have the courage, I really would use the word courage to say like, hey, I am running on empty. What do I need? Like, what help do I need to be able to refill my cup is like a really important place to start for change leaders. Because the truth is like people are starved for relationship, especially in the workplace, but I mean, all over. And again, like the research shows this, um, like I, we do all this research on, you know, what effective managers and leaders are, what do they do? How would their employees describe them? Right. And far and away, like every time, um, the best managers are those who cultivate interpersonal relationships. Um, they may like also be good technically, or they might be really good at creating prioritization or structure. Like that is notwithstanding, right? Like that is also very important for managers and leaders, but like everyone really wants to be seen as a person first and an employee second. Um, and so like, if you're a leader who hasn't cared for your own inner reality, and I'll just say it like the suffering you're enduring by maybe having to make hard decisions and you're not immune to the fear and anxiety, like it's going to be impossible to show that compassion and authenticity to those around you. It's so insightful, right? And, and, and I love your whole psychological perspective on this as you're bringing in this, because um, the, the, the thing that I keep thinking of as, as you talk is there is a militaristic type leader, and I'll use that term loosely, that says, look, we're about to change. Suck it up, buttercup. Let's go. And, and there is an element of that, right? It's a, it's a classical leadership style that just says, you know, I've got to get this organization or this team through this hurdle transformation, yeah. change effort. Um, suck it up, buttercup. Let's go. Come on. That's why we pay you for. Um, and so I, I love the, 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 the slant you give that, which says, look, that these are people, they're humans. They have all of this stuff that's going on in their world. And, you know, the more old school folks might go, well, no, I pay them for that. Right. But you're bringing a lot of these things. So how would you think about this relationship with people? Because emotional intelligence as a leader, um, be in relationship with your people, you know, my workplace is my family, all of that gets thrown out, but I think you're going out a little bit differently. So I'd love for our listeners to hear more. Well, first off to your point about the militaristic leader, um, I would just say like, these questions are so ancient. Like, you know, have you heard like a little book called The Prince by mm-hmm. Machiavelli, right? Like mm-hmm. it's a question is it better to be feared or to be loved like that is this age age old question right and i mean i've talked about that with folks you know recently all the time right because we're seeing that in headlines as kind of this playbook of company takeovers etc not naming names and um my perspective on it is this i like the the half-life of fear is much, much smaller, shorter than the half-life of love. And so with fear, what you get is you get control. 
for the amount of time where people feel like they don't have control. It goes back to this agency. They're like, I'm scared. I'm stuck. I will follow orders because I don't have another option. I can't imagine another option for myself and I'm too afraid to try. And so they'll follow you until that day when they look around and they're like, you know, I'm not that afraid anymore. And all of a sudden, all that control that you have is gone. And we like see this, right? We're cycling through these power dynamics between employees and employers and employers think, if this dynamic is going to last forever and employees think this dynamic is going to last forever. And the reality is when I, you know, started at the very beginning, this idea that we're at an inflection point, we actually just need to figure out a better way than power to do work. But that's another topic. Um, And so when I say love, like love has a place in work and it doesn't have to be kumbaya. It doesn't have to be ring around the rosy. Like it can be something very concrete and very um, like I, keep using this word generative, but I mean that because I think when we are in a place where we feel safe, and that goes back to what I was saying about physiologically and like a sense of belonging and relationship, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? Mm -hmm. Like stuff has been around for a while. We can just look back to things we already know. Um, When people feel safe enough, they can be creative. They can be innovative. They can go the extra mile. They're willing to. They want to be a part of something. They want to belong. And so, like, lean into that. Don't lean into this idea of control because it won't actually get you that far. And when the economy changes, which it will at some point, you're going to look around and all that loyalty will have evaporated. It's so it's so insightful. I can see why you're one of our 40 under 40 global. <laughs> um, and I could talk to you all day, but we can't. Um, sure. But I love it. The thing that you just said that really sticking to me and I'd, I'd ask our listeners to flag that and I may ask you to say it again. Something you said was the um, the shelf life of love is something more than the shelf life of oh, control yeah. or power. Say that again, because I think it was actually a really interesting thing. Yeah, the half life of fear is much shorter than that of love. Um, just going back to that age old question. So some people are comfortable with the word love. Some aren't insert, whatever phrase you are comfortable with. Awesome. Well, well, Carolyn, thanks again for joining us. Congrats for being one of our 40 under 40. Um, I hope you and I get a chance to talk many more times because there's so much coolness in how you bring to thinking around interacting with people around change. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anything our, you would have our listeners kind of dig into to kind of look at in terms of seeing what you're doing or like something cool that's about you let us know that quick before we close yeah so i'm the content marketing manager over at humu and we are putting out a lot of research around the state of employees managers leaders and so if this is a topic that's interesting to you like come check us out awesome awesome well thanks again i so appreciate you spending some time with us amazing thank you patrick 